The Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. To Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tong. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation and I'm your host, Peter Tong. Thank you for joining us today. The intention is in these episodes is to give us insights into how the planet is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. And I'm delighted to welcome to the show today Karen Ray Wilson. And we're going to be talking about finding wisdom and direction in times of uncertainty and chaos. And Karen, that sounds like a pretty major topic for us to talk about today. Absolutely. I'm glad to be here, Peter. It's a real pleasure to be uh, on air with you. So perhaps we should start off straight away and, and talk about the, the opportunity uh, in the chaos uh, and in this time of, uh, of challenge. Yes. You know, I think um, the ancient Greeks were up to something when they made a, a definition of two different kinds of time. They talked about kairos and they talked about... Um, um, uh, Kairos being opportune time, time when we can connect with eternity and a time when there is a spirit opening of time involved and um, as, a, as opposed to clock time and what we generally think of as clock time. So it seems like right now we're in a time of uh, connecting and intersecting with that which is bigger than ourselves and that's the definition of Kairos time or the time in between. So it's a time of opportunity and it's a time of challenge simultaneously. And it's really interesting that the other type of time, the Kronos time, the, the clock time, seems to be causing one of the biggest distractions away from Kairos time in people's lives. They're just dashing around from one thing to the next and not having the time to slip in between the realms. Exactly. I think, you know, most people are uh, trying to figure out how they can balance all of the demands of our modern life and uh, at the same time address uh, the level of things that are happening for them individually as well as collectively because we're, we're having to really look at the collective unfolding with regard to the environment and everything, uh, the economy as well. And so how do we begin to... Uh, find the right balance between addressing collective issues and dealing with our own unfolding personally. So, so what is the opportunity uh, in the chaos? Um, I think, you know, the ancient symbol of chaos, the Chinese symbol for chaos, also uh, brings that level of opportunity to us. So I think it's um, an opportunity for us to knit some of the fabric of our culture back together in the sense that... Um, Right now, we don't have a very strong connection between the youth and the elders in the same way that, say, Indigenous cultures does, and this is something we're going to talk about as we move into the program. I thought that this would be actually a good time for me to um, say, uh, speak one of my poems, uh, Peter, in the sense that it would give us a lead into some of the other areas we could talk about. And, and being a poet and a singer, I think I express myself best in that language. So if this is an appropriate time, I'd like to share one of my uh, poems. Absolutely. And before we, we move into that, I just want to add for, for our listeners that Karen is a very gifted singer as well as poet, and we're going to be having a, one of her songs played uh, later in the show, and she has some poetry that she also wants to share. So go ahead, Karen. All right. This is something called Earth Rap that I uh, wrote for a larger global gathering in San Francisco a bit, a bit of a time ago, and I hope that it speaks to the listeners 
about what we're dealing with today. There was a time in the before time when there was sweet time and there was more time, when every woman, every man, and every child was more connected to their roots and more affected by the rhythm and the rhyme of the earth, a more precious sort of cosmic sort of birth. I'm talking here about the lifeblood of all the ancestors and the elders and the wise ones and the ones who had gone before. I said grandmothers and grandfathers who watched the seasons and knew all the reasons and the wherefores and the whys of how we had come. They'd go out walking with the young ones, the unsung ones, to the one place and the one space that held their visions and their dreams. I'm talking here about the meantime, the in-between time, that was all-knowing altogether in the now. And that was before the days of progress and all the skyscrapers and the high-tech and the high-tea and the high times of so much distrust and isolation, incarceration, and no parking, brother. I said commotion, and a pushing, and a pulling, and a rising of the oceans, and a mind that never stops to smell the flowers, or watch the sunset, or feel the showers. Because he's so busy in the market, brother, he's bolding out and holding on and holding back and holding down and counting hours with all the structures that surround him and cannot serve him, in fact, unnerve him and pull him down. Till pretty soon he can no longer feel the heartstrings, I mean the heartstrings, that connect him to the rhythm and the music of his soul lines, I mean the song lines, and the magic of his dream time, and this celestial imprint of his star time, and why he came. You see, the cost of being lost from all his sweetness and his completeness and all the goodness and the wonder of his art, it is colossal in the eternal and in the workings and the sadness of his heart. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. That's just uh, beautiful and also very concisely expressed. and <laughs> It raises a whole bunch of questions in, its, in itself. I'd love you to talk a little bit about your experience understanding the disconnection between the youth and the elders. Well, in my own life path, I think through the music I have done and also um, the, my particular interest in human potential and ancient wisdom, I have had a lot of interface with elders uh, from many different countries of the world. And... Um, in that process, because music has a way of, of speaking cross-culturally and predominantly my background when I was younger was in uh, singing and bringing music to different events, particularly socially conscious events. So I think the thing is that um, in the indigenous culture, the role of the elders is, uh, is to prepare the way for the young people and the elders are elders by definition as their, their willingness to descend, to go into the darkness, and to be able to have navigated their own journey and come out to some degree to the other side. So we live in a culture in the modern American culture particularly that doesn't really, it's not really very hip to be going into the darkness. It's not very hip to be descending. Everyone wants to be ascending, getting larger, getting bigger, being more successful. And so there's this kind of void space where it's actually a good thing to be the ones that have um, gone into some vulnerability, gone into some difficulty, gone through some challenge, and come out the other side. And in that sense, then, the elders can hold space for the young people that are coming forward because uh, we know we're living in a time also when the young people are inheriting a world so unlike the one you and I grew up in, Peter, uh, Absolutely. In the sense that, you know, this is the first generation that we're asking questions like, you know, are there really going to be big animals left in Africa for all of us to see? And so I think that there is a, an incredible responsibility now for those of us that are conscious to realize that um, there is a need to help prepare the young people um, for the changes that they're going to be dealing with. And 
and that goes into every level of, of preparation, whether that's uh, helping to develop courage, whether it's about bringing a sense of virtue and ethics, ethics back to a society that hasn't put much value on those kind of authentic essential qualities of being human. And uh, I was listening to some Michael Mead recently, and he was talking about the fact that uh, he wasn't so interested in the speed of light right now that he was interested in the speed of darkness, and that this was a time of seemingly impossible tasks. So I think that um, to begin to allow this time to become heroic time is to um, help young people to understand that um, life isn't always meant to go perfectly, that there's great development and understanding that can come from some of the challenges that occur for all of us and, and what we're looking at right now. Recently, I, I was actually speaking to a group of uh, women businesswomen in the Bay Area, and uh, I was asking a, you know, a couple of the women before I spoke, for instance, how, how their business was going, and one woman said, you know, not very, not very good right now. And I really, you know, I thought she was going to start to cry, actually. And you realize that there was this kind of uh, whole sense of that within the room, which no one was speaking about. It was like having an elephant in the room, but no one wanted to let on that they were having that kind of difficulty. So I looked at her and I said, you know, it's not personal. It's collective. We're all going to go through this together now. And you could see this look come over her face and uh, so when I was talking to the group of them, I said, you know, it's interesting, but sometimes we get a lot of wisdom also from children. I said, what, what would children do if they knew they had to go into the dark together? And they all looked around, and they said, well, you know, they'd, they'd, they'd gather together first. And I said, yes. And what's the second thing they would do? And they said, well, maybe hold hands. And I, yeah, and I said, yeah, I think that's, that's the kind of thing we need to be considering right now is that we're going to have to hold hands and go into the forest together. And that, you know, in all classic fairy tales, in every fairy tale, you have to go at some point into the forest and meet the old hag or the crone or the wise woman in the forest. But she might look like a hag in order to get that, that gold of her understanding. And it's part of the journey, isn't it, we all have to go through. Um, I was talking last week with uh, Phil Gruber, and even in The Wizard of Oz, Dorothy had to go to the south to go through the the darkness. Yeah. And I I know that you and I spoke briefly uh, uh, about alchemy and the power of alchemy to turn dross into gold or to take take and turn one substance into another. And I think that's uh, an aspect of what's unfolding for us right now is how we're going to do that and... And uh, the Hopis say, you know, um, the people have been saying this is the 11th hour, but in truth, this is the hour. So they say there's a river running very fast now, and you should push off from the sides of the river and get into the center of the river and know who you're in the river with and not to struggle against the current, but go with the current and that it could be a good time and to, to gather in community and to take nothing personally in this time. <laughs> Taking nothing personally. I, one of the things that in, in my own individual uh, counseling and healing work, uh, Karen, is, is uh, the archetype of all sorts of different circumstances that, that come up and how members of our current humanity are playing this role of an archetype to support the healing of, of the collective energies. And I know you've, you've done some work with uh, indigenous healers um, in, in different parts of the world. Just talk a bit about that for a moment. Well, um, in, the, in some sense, I've had kind of an unusual destiny uh, in the sense that I haven't really uh, gone to study with these people, but rather I have uh, been somewhat recognized by the elders as someone who is like a young elder who's carrying that level of wisdom for the white culture. Um, as a young person, I could relate now very strongly to what we call the indigo children in the sense that they were uh, many um, understandings that I had that it certainly didn't make sense in a linear culture. And, uh, and so it was, you know, not until probably my early 30s or mid to late 30s really where I started through the connections that I had to begin to interface with indigenous elders through what I would call really a path of destiny in the sense that it, 
it just began to occur. And well, Karen, we're actually coming up to our first break. It's t- time is flying very quickly. Wow. So when we return, we'll, we'll chat more about your connection with the indigenous healers, your indigo qualities and the indigo kids, and we'll also hear this beautiful song that you have created. Thank you, Peter. Peter Tongue for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Be Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. How do we walk our true spiritual path at a time when the Western world is fixated on material gain? More people are now recognizing the emptiness, which comes with this limited approach to life. There is another way. Four years ago, Peter Tong left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life. He now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars, public meditations, radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm, the awakening to conscious co-creation. Visit petertongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at petertongue.com. What would you do if you came across a technology so profound that you move to balance within minutes of application and from that balance the body heals itself? We have the research, the testimonials, world-class health practitioners, and we conduct free demonstrations throughout North America and the world. Sound too good to be true? Click on the Amized Fusion Technology banner and find out for yourself and join us in a self-care revolution. to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenterJourney.com for more information. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. I'd just like to thank one of my sponsors at this time, the Nature Doctor. Dot com, and you can click on the banner on my home uh, webpage to uh, see their new line of whole food nutrients. Uh, or just click, go to www.thenaturedoctor.com. And now back to my guest, guest Karen Ray Wilson. And, and Karen uh, very kindly included one of her beautiful songs for today's show. So I'm going to just shift and go back to the uh, indigenous healers and, and indigo children after we've heard this song but Karen if you could just comment upon the significance and the role of music and the arts in these uh, crazy times in which we're living well you know I think the artist always has the opportunity and by nature to address the larger issues of the culture and in some ways to often feel the waves of the future um, I think that art predominantly has a role in being inspirational uh, of its highest order. That is what art is, in the sense that it inspires us with regard to the human condition and the, and the whole aspect of the journey. Uh, again, with Indigenous people, you know, uh, the people of the South or the people from South America are saying, the elders there are saying um, that, in fact, 
we don't have a very good story right now and that their story is interconnected with our story and that we need to get a better story. So I think through music and poetry and, and art, we can begin to uh, feel and understand the deeper tonality of what is, is happening in people's hearts and what needs to be addressed in that way. And for me, everything is like music. People are like symphonies. People ask me, how do I do my work with individuals and groups? How do I uh, understand as much at different times about them as I, I do? But really, I've learned to listen very, very deeply. And sometimes uh, people are playing the right instrument for them, and, and other times, you know, they're playing the timpani and they should be playing the flute. <laughs> so um, there's so many uh, aspects of music that relate to just, having a good experience in life, you know, what rhythm are you in? Are you in the right rhythm? Are you in rhythm with your world? Are you in rhythm with yourself? These kinds of things. So just tell us a little bit about uh, the actual song that we're going to play before we do. Got to get out of your mind and into your heart. <laughs> I think that probably, you know, that particular lyric is... Uh, extremely relevant right now in the sense that most of us can't even begin to fathom or figure out the difficulties that we're facing collectively in our minds. And so this is the opportunity to really go into the deeper mind or the, or the, the mind of the heart, really, the place of the heart. And, uh, so, Chad, perhaps you could line up uh, Gotta Get You Out of My Mind and Into My Heart by Karen Ray Wilson.
Thank you, Karen. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you. Getting out of our minds and into our hearts. Just talk about that for a moment. <laughs> well, what do you have to say about that one, Peter? It seems like a pretty predominant uh, theme that's really... It's interesting that we actually even have to bring that up as something to talk about, that our culture has gotten that out of tune, that it isn't our primary way of leading in, in our world. Absolutely, and, it, and it's... Uh... Again, it's part of this challenge of racing through the world and having our mind completely uh, dominated by all the different things we're trying to juggle and then just having that moment to just to drop down and be still and find that, that place in, in the heart. So what do the indigenous people say about that? Well, you know, I think the indigenous people, because they're so connection, connected to nature and because they see everything around them as a part of their living mosaic, they're not separate from the water, they're not separate from the trees, um, then, you know, they're more comfortable uh, with connecting with the spirit realm and with the larger universe. And, and so most of us in the Western culture, you know, that the closest we come to that might be through some form of meditation or getting quiet and this is definitely a time, as the mystics will say, well, you've got to look for the gold, and the, the gold is connected to the inner, and how do we begin to understand more clearly how the inner and the outer are directly connected, and that the story of our lives interfaces with the larger story of our community. Um, the job of community in Indigenous culture really is to help you remember why you came. And so if you have a culture where you have a breakdown of community, you have a lot of people running around who don't really remember why they came. And when you have particularly young people growing up and they don't understand uh, the deeper aspect of their giftedness and their more what I would call their divine purpose, then the, that, that creates a certain kind of soul loss. And that's why we see so much addiction in our culture is because that is to fill up the loss of soul that is connected to remembering why you came. In the work that I do with individuals, I talk about finding your personal medicine. That is, what are the unique qualities of you and the gifts that you came to bring in this lifetime that no one else could bring forward in that particular way. And that if you understand your personal medicine and you understand its relationship to your community, then you can go anywhere and be anywhere and be in relationship with that community and be living your purpose by, by remembering why you came and giving the gifts that you promised that you would bring. So in, say, African culture, for instance, the elders might have a dream about the child before the child is born. So they have a sense of what the gifts that child's bringing in. And then, of course, when you were born, they would be there to welcome you. Imagine as a baby with that level of welcome with the elders there saying, you know, we're so glad you came. Thank you for coming. And then they would give you a name according to the qualities that they knew you were going to bring. I mean, just for example, maybe the one who's going to uh, be a great carver, you know, the one who works with stone. They would create the name around that so that the remembering of your giftedness would always be present every time you heard your name. Or, in fact, they might use a song. They might give you a life song that they would sing at your birth and they would sing at your death. And if for some reason you got out of touch with who you were or did something that they felt was, uh, counter to the culture, uh, then they would gather around you and sing the song so that you could remember the depth of who you were as a spirit being. So, for instance, if you were caught stealing or something like that, which would be more unusual in, in, in most indigenous cultures, but if you did something wrong, rather than put you in prison the way we would work with you, th there's that element of singing the song and remembering the good things that you have done in this lifetime so that you can get in touch with the nobility of your spirit again. So the elders are really always taking care of your soul in that way in the indigenous culture, and they take that job fairly seriously. And uh, um, in some of the prophecies, they talk about um, the prophecy of the fifth children. So in uh, indigenous wisdom, we say the Africans are the keeper of the water spirits, the uh, red race, you know, our Native Americans are the keepers of the earth spirits and that the yellow people are the keeper of air or fire and that the white people are the keepers of technology at this time. And so the uh, prophecy of the fifth children or the fifth child is the white child that is born with gifts and technology, for instance, to be used on behalf of all the other races. 
So my experience in working with young people is they need to know where they're coming from. They need to know who their ancestors are. You know, it's one thing to say one's American or Canadian, but we're not necessarily our people, our people. We're not born first on this soil. They were born somewhere else. So there's a great power in people connecting with the ancestors that, uh, and where they came from and the qualities, the unique, specific qualities of those ancestors. And if they can discover that and reincar- uh, reincorporate that in their life in a good way, then the power and the gifts of those ancestors can come forward to work for them rather than against them. In my, uh, in my world or in my direct experience, I'm Celtic. And as I began to evolve in my life, I, I realized that I was living somewhat of a, uh, a, a traditionally what the, the Druidic or Irish culture would say as a, an initiatory rite of passage through the Celtic understanding is that you begin as a, as a novice, then you become a bard or a storyteller or a poet, which in my life was absolutely true. And if you can graduate after years of becoming a, a gifted and excellent in your art form, then you could graduate to becoming a priest or an elder. And, and so that that has sort of been the natural progression of my life. But if I hadn't understood that I was Celtic and that this uh, aspect was true for me, it may not have made as much sense. So this alignment and this connection with, with, with our origins and, and our ancestral background uh, becomes really critical. Karen, we're coming up to, to our second break, and so we'll, we'll take the break now and we'll return and get into further discussions about these transformative times. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness sufficiently to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. What would you do if you came across a technology so profound that you move to balance within minutes of application and from that balance the body heals itself? We have the research, the testimonials, world-class health practitioners, and we conduct free demonstrations throughout North America and the world. Sound too good to be true? Click on the Amized Fusion Technology banner and find out for yourself and join us in a self-care revolution. Walk our true spiritual path at a time when the Western world is fixated on material gain? More people are now recognizing the emptiness, which comes with this limited approach to life. There is another way. Four years ago, Peter Tung left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life. He now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars, public meditations, radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm, the awakening to conscious co-creation. Visit petertongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at petertongue.com. Listening on a higher dimension. 7th Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. <laughs> 
Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Uh, my main sponsor for this series of shows is MyHeartCenteredJourney.com, which I am involved with with a uh, class, a live class every two weeks on a Thursday evening at 5.30, as well as a wonderful webinar series available and some free meditations that you can download. And the whole point of My Heart Centered Journey is to build this beautiful chalice of consciously involved and active people so that we can come together and, and make a difference in the world. And recently, Shari Chase went on her own pilgrimage to Egypt and to the south of France. And on tomorrow night's uh, call at 5.30, she's going to be talking about the experiences that she had in Egypt, and I'm going to be filling in some of the details to go along with her journey to help people understand this path of initiation uh, that we are all on and, and experiencing it in different ways. But now back to my guest for today, Karen Ray Wilson. And, and let's talk a little bit, Karen, about yours and mine favorite topics, which is the Indigo Children. Mm. Just tell us a bit about your experiences and, and what you know about the Indigo Children. Well, you know, it's kind of interesting because uh, actually I had uh, have been told by the elders, of course, that I, I was an indigo child, but, you know, so much uh, further back that we didn't really have any understanding of that. So I, I think in my own sense I have a lot of empathy for these young people, but they are definitely predicted by the elders, uh, and certainly the Hopi people are talking about the, you know, the special children that are being born and... Um, I believe that the indigos are seated with the solutions for the coming times. I was thinking about how, you know, we're looking outside ourselves so much for solutions right now for all uh, the things that are happening, but I think that some of the gold for that is hidden inside the indigo children's hearts, that um, they are a very special spiritual uh, generation, and uh, they're very deep and profound, a lot of them. And they have something uh, especially beautiful to bring forward, and many of them are extremely gifted intellectually or musically or in the sense of what we would call dimensionally, Peter. Absolutely. I mean, I call them the Blue Jean Buddhas. <laughs> you never the Blue know. Jean Buddhas, excellent. Your yeah. living room, right? I know that you have some beautiful uh, uh, children yourself that are pretty amazing. Uh, your daughter is an amazing healer, I understand. So Yes, yes, indeed. Um these are things that they are naturally gifted with. It's so interesting because our generation, not so much myself, but I know that a lot of our generation has, uh, you know, experimented with different uh, consciousness-raising substances in order to connect more in a spirit way. In my own case, I didn't really pursue that path because I always found the more ecstatic states of life through music, and a lot of the wisdom came through music. But with the young people, they're already hooked into that level of dimension. They don't really need any kind of substances to get there. I think that what is important as elders and, and parents to understand about this generation is what they really need is to find a way to ground the level of spiritual giftedness that they have in this culture. And they're, um, they came to help bring in their good future. They came to bring in a lot of um, solutions, even through technology and through their ideas about how to build community. But we, we definitely have to take more time to listen to who they are. And we also have to be intelligent enough to build a container of support around their gifts coming forward because they still have to go through basic human life experiences like the rest of us. And so I think sometimes they can be uh, so gifted and shiny that in some ways... Uh, we don't feel they need that other aspects of the container around them. Um, and I, I can say in my experiences, to give us some examples of some of the indigos I've worked with, I, I worked with one young woman who uh, I believe she was about 14 when I met her, and she was a complete, uh, like a, a Vogue fashion designer. Uh, she was rendering drawings of fashion design that you would assume somebody who had been in the fashion industry for 30 years could do. And she told me she'd been sewing since she was three. So that's just one example of someone who came in with a level of gift that is far beyond what we can explain. And uh, I've also had uh, situations where some of the young people I'm working with in their, their meditations or whatever, they might uh, receive information in another language that they don't actually speak. But uh, one woman I knew was receiving messages in, in, in Hawaiian language, actually. 
So then she was talking to a Hawaiian elder, and he told her what the messages meant. So this is stuff we can't really explain with our mind, speaking of getting out of our mind. And this this, uh, creating sacred space for these children to reveal their gifts is so critical, and and I'm really hoping that our generation will indeed get that message pretty, pretty soon. Let's, yeah, let's because the, the pain of us not being aware of who they are and what they're about is, is becoming more and more acute. I think finding now that a lot of this generation, they, you know, are unfortunately being put on pharmaceuticals, which I think is probably one of the worst things that could happen to them. And my own experience in working with young people to get them off pharmaceuticals, which I've had uh, some quite remarkable results with, is it had a lot to do with just healing within their own families the misunderstanding uh, and that they were carrying the pain of their families, and secondly, that they really needed to find that they had a higher purpose. And so, you know, that's so much of what the work of wisdom culture represents in my own work in the sense of helping people to understand that we do come in with a higher purpose. We do have a possibility to do the thing that we are uniquely born to do and that it is the alignment with that level of depth of soul contact that creates, you know, a much more balanced individual. And so with the young people that are not, that are being directed to go into, say, big business, for instance, when in fact that may not be what they're here for, there's a level of soul loss that takes place. And they can't really do that. It's something about the way they're made that they have to be more aligned with what they came for, or otherwise they get sick or become dysfunctional and quite a few of the encounters I had with that level of of a situation would be that, you know, you have things like children that are, or young adults that are cutting themselves and things of that nature. And when I was addressing the women in San Francisco a couple of weeks ago, you know, I said, you know, the real question is not so much about how I can have success in business right now. You know, because success in business right now when a culture is falling apart at the seams is not it doesn't take into account the bigger picture. But what do we have to start asking questions of why the most genius-orientated of our young people are doing things like cutting themselves or, you know, we're putting them on drugs somewhere when, in fact, the solutions for what we're facing are predominantly within the level of their own potential and expansion. And so this is this, is this whole connection with elders and youth and... Now I have young people coming to me and saying, you know, please tell me more about what you're doing because there's nothing happening in our community like this. No one's talking about these things. And uh, how do we begin to engage that level of conversation and dialogue with them? Because it's really, really unfair to assume that the, the young people now can handle the level of challenge and really the mess of the planet that we and our generation and the one before have created without tremendous support. Um, so I hope that is sort of... Absolutely. Wonderful. And this, this is so critical is, is for everybody on the planet right now is to actually come into alignment with their higher purpose, their real reason for being here, and everything changes. So just, just talk, you mentioned the word a minute ago, just talk about the awakening of the genius factor. I love talking about this. This is such an indigo topic, really, for me personally. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I've, I've had the opportunity of being with a lot of uh, spiritual masters, including some Vedic masters, and, and we understand that, you know, there's, uh, people would call this super consciousness, I guess, you know, higher mind. But in that sense, uh, you begin to realize there's this whole aspect of untapped potential within each of us. They say we're, you know, living such a small part of our brain power right now. And so how do we begin to invoke more of what I would call the genius factor? And it does tend to, to become more present when people are in the place of their greatest gifts. Uh, I know one of, the, one of my spiritual teachers used to say, you know, petroleum was under the ground for, you know, millions of years before it was discovered, before it was utilized. Now, of course, we're looking at solar power and things of that nature, but there was a time when, you know, the discovery of petroleum was a big deal, but it was always there. It was always in the field. So I think that there's a lot of solutions for us right now that are in the field, that are already there, but we have to pull them through. You know, I've always said it's not that hard to say write a a piece of music or create a whole musical or write a book, but to get yourself in the place 
where the book is uh, already coming down to meet you or where the song is already coming down to meet you. And that's so, you know, even with regard to the meditation tapes and things you're putting out, this, it, this takes people into a state of consciousness where the level of the genius of the whole universe is available to them. It's more like that. So uh, we have to come into that alignment and just allow this information to flow through us. Yeah, you know, and I think necessity is the mother of invention. I mean, there's nothing like a a challenge to start to bring out that level of creativity. I mean, what inspires creativity and innovation? And we're living in a time when everything is about redesign now. We have to redesign the world, really, to some degree. The, The old one that we have in place is clearly not working. Yeah. Karen, we're coming up to our final break now, and so we'll return with uh, Karen Ray Wilson after this break. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. How do we walk our true spiritual path at a time when the Western world is fixated on material gain? More people are now recognizing the emptiness, which comes with this limited approach to life. There is another way. Four years ago, Peter Tung left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life. He now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars, public meditations, radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm, the awakening to conscious co-creation. Visit petertongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at petertongue.com. What would you do if you came across a technology so profound that you move to balance within minutes of application and from that balance the body heals itself? We have the research, the testimonials, world-class health practitioners, and we conduct free demonstrations throughout North America and the world. Sound too good to be true? Click on the Amized Fusion Technology banner and find out for yourself and join us in a self-care revolution. to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenterJourney.com for more information. Be Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host Peter Tong. I have with me today Karen Ray Wilson, a wonderful singer and performing artist, poet, who is doing her piece to raise awareness and consciousness in these, I think, phenomenal times here on planet Earth. So, Karen, just tell us a bit about your transformational quest work. Yes, thanks, Peter. Um, you know, I've always split my time between being uh, a creative artist and helping other people find their deeper passion than to unfold what I said is their their higher blueprint. So questing is really an invitation for people to join into that process with me, and uh, uh, questing involves uh, a container of work that we're going to do together. 
and I like a sense of adventure and to try to get out of uh, such a linear uh, framework of how we can unfold that process. So in ancient times, people uh, knights used to go on a quest to discover their authentic self or their authentic gifts. And so I like that container, and um, it's an opportunity for people to meet with me in different ways. Some people I connect with in, in nature at a sacred site, and uh, we might work in an environment like that. Other people I work with uh, just by phone or in person. But the, the whole journey together, it really is a journey in consciousness, to discover uh, the elements of their personal medicine, to understand the relationship they have with their ancestors is another key aspect of this. Um, I have found that when people are wanting to evolve to a higher level of um, the expression of their work or their career, that there are factors in the invisible that are, that are also creating havoc. And so if you can begin to uh, understand your ancestors a little more clearly and uh, work in that way also, then um, you can collapse time and space and often move through great difficulties very quickly. And, um, and then uh, sometimes it involves also a certain amount of ritual and ceremony. So what I'm really in, uh, doing is mixing traditional levels of coaching and understanding with the indigenous knowledge that I've gathered and having been very much in the world and serving on the United Nations Conference uh, uh, Steering Committee and things like that, I, I understand the more linear ways of working even with executives, but at the same time to bring in that which is uh, of a slightly more spiritual or indigenous content, I seem to be having, you know, people are having remarkable results. So if people want to make uh, contact with you, Karen, what, what is the website and, and what events do you have upcoming? Um, they can get a hold of me through www.wisdomculture.com, just dot com, And um, I have two uh, workshops coming up in the new year, one in Vancouver and one in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, those are called Redesigning Your Blueprint, and that will be about uh, starting to really look at the design of your life for 2011 but in the more avant-garde ways that I have to work with people in this way. And about 90-80% of the people that I work with, you know, do have pretty dramatic results, and I credit that not so much to myself as to the, the level of uh, spiritual uh, beauty that, and grace that I have connected with in this lifetime that seems to be present. And that leads us beautifully into just our last uh, few minutes, but I'd love you to talk for a few minutes about the sacred feminine. Well, I think that, you know... Um, all the indigenous calendars and communities suggest that that this is the time of the sacred feminine or the feminine feminine leading the way. And uh, in terms of even the Dalai Lama has said that if the world it will be saved, it will be through the power of Western women. Um, I have had the opportunity of being with something called the Blanket of Hope, which is a Navajo blanket, which was woven much earlier in this century. And... Um, there is a prophecy, living prophecy, uh, that has been woven into the blanket. And um, the, the prophecy says the, the world will go out of balance like a great bird with two wings. One wing will grow too strong, and that would be the masculine wing. And the other wing will have come too weak, which will be the feminine. And that the world will only come back into balance when the feminine uh, wing grows stronger and when the corn maidens stand up. So this is a time when the corn maidens can stand up. This is a time when the wisdom of women and the understanding of the grandmothers has become very significant. Um, and I think that we have a responsibility as women in the Western world to um, take into account the the third world and the and the, the greater picture. I think it's just natural for women, you know, if they're cooking dinner and the kids next door don't have food. It's really just a kind of a natural feminine thing to say, well, bring those kids over to my house and let's fill their bowls up with rice. And, and so in the deeper feminine context, that's what we're needing to work with. I'm very astounded, especially in uh, African nations, for instance, it's mostly the grandmothers that are running the country now because there's been so much uh, devastation through war and through AIDS, the loss of the, the generation of men there. And so you have lots of situations where it is, you know, the grandmothers are looking after 13, 14, 15 children. 
And uh, we're also, you know, fortunate right now there is a council of 13 Indigenous grandmothers. Um, I assume many of our listeners may have heard of them. But uh, this is also the fulfillment of a prophecy for this time, that there would be a council of 13 women, grandmothers from different cultures that would come together at this time of darkness and bring forth their wisdom. So, Karen, we're actually coming up to the end of the show, and I know there's a poem that you wanted to also uh, read for us. Um, So if you could go into that now, that would be wonderful. There's a closing comment from you. All right. Thank you so much for having me, Peter. Um, This poem is called Good Wine, and I wrote it about uh, four weeks ago. Making money and being a success in the dark times, in the soul time, in the healing times. The big belly of America on display for all to see like the emperor has no clothes or a bulb without clear light. Talk of gold and downturn everywhere, that the economy is God, that's what they say, and we must worry and fuss about it all, morning, noon, and night, like some newborn babe, like a motherless child that never sleeps, left on our doorstep for all to see. Who set this abstract brat upon our table as the only food that we can eat? We who have been baking bread for centuries, we are here to create life. As women, we can feel it in our bones. We know about making soup and writing books and setting the world on fire or feeding a family of five on a salary of one. Riding the waves of uncertainty, of opportunity, and unknowing now, like it was the greatest adventure we've ever been on. To learn to flow like good wine in times of change and darkness. To bring all of our gold to the fire, the finest metal we have kept for last. Like some alchemist prize, proof of miracle and might and forging of soul. What better time than this to walk on water, to harness the wind, to open our sails. This is a time of singing now and writing songs of hope on every wall. Don't you remember the velvet of your mother's womb when you were yet unborn, still forming in beauty? There was such power in that place. A time of magic, a time of getting all your cells together before they threw a party for your birth. And like midwives in the moonlight, gathering up the dew to make an elixir for the ones not yet born, we will fill it full of sky and longing and the smell of fresh grass on green, green hills. Oh, this earth of ours, so full of bright red wonder, a cradle for all, both ancient and new. Last night I saw her, the old woman in the garden, tilling the soil at the midnight hour. Her weathered hands like bones of ivory filled with light, patiently digging till the morning comes and sowing seeds of our future with her wrinkled smile. Karen, thank you so much. What a beautiful finish to the show, and and I really appreciate your time today. And we are right out of time, and I just wanted to mention that next week I have Jeff Bulk, who will be talking about cymatics, the connection between sound and sacred geometry, a show not to be missed. This is Peter Tung wishing you a wonderful week. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook. you found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring please join host peter tongue for another edition of awakening to conscious creation next wednesday at 3 p.m eastern time noon pacific time on seventh wave network
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.